You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, on the job for Jesus. That is the theme tonight. Amen. I'm glad we can have candy at church, aren't you? Um, that's right. Colossians chapter number three. Uh, would you believe it'll be our last night in Colossians chapter number three? I wouldn't. I wouldn't if I were you either. <laughs> um, but uh, we are going to be uh, teaching on. Christians on the job, is that what the title is? On the job for Jesus, okay, I didn't put that, it's in my notes somewhere. Uh, On the job for Jesus, Uh, I thought it's a good title. Um, So we're going to be in Colossians chapter number 3 tonight, verse number 22 is where we're going to start, and it says servants, how many servants we got in here? Uh, Amen, praise the Lord, we we, we, indeed we do, Uh, Paul rejoiced as well as did the other disciples about being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and quite literally, just to show you the extent uh, of the command, the, the real command here is, uh, he's talking about slaves there. Now, that's how broad it is, because it's not just talking about slaves, but it's speaking to slaves. I mean, what was it, 60 million uh, slaves, they estimated, I believe, that were in the, uh, in the Roman Empire, a ton of people. But he says, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. On the job for Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. You ever think about this? In the beginning, God gave man a job. You ever think about that? Before God ever even gave uh, Adam a wife, he gave him a job. He gave him something to do. And... Uh, and so there is truly honor in working. And, and one of the cool things about the passage that we just read is it illustrates the practical nature of what it means to be a Christian. Because it goes right down to something. I mean, if you think about, especially us as adults, more than any other singular place, we spend most of our time, most of our days on the job. You know, depending on what type of job you have. But, uh, you know, if you work eight hours a day or eight to ten hours a day, think about how, how long, uh, more than any other place. I mean, you may be home longer than that, but you probably spend a lot of that time sleeping. Uh, but, but this place is where God addressed. So he starts off about talking to Christian workers on the job for Jesus. And so, yeah, the title is literally that, what it means to be on the job, but to be on the job for Jesus. Now, we are admonished, 
he admonishes workers to be obedient for several good reasons. And we're going to look at that tonight. Now, I understand that this is not the, uh, the can't meet and shout and run the aisle kind of message, all right? Uh, praise God, I can't wait to go to church tonight and hear on the job for Jesus uh, and uh, what kind of worker I should be. But, but I, I would say this, if you're interested in being a godly person and pleasing the Lord, then this message should really appeal to you. So uh, continue to listen. Uh, don't click off. Don't uh, sing, uh, Don't um, uh, tune me out. Uh, but here, here we'll look at a few of these reasons that God says. All right, number one, notice this, the master of our work. Who's the boss? Who's the boss where you work? Uh, I don't know all of your bosses. I know Chad's got a pretty awful one. Um, but... Uh, but, but I don't know who your boss is. Um, I guess I might know who, uh, who uh, uh, let's see, Nathan. I know, who the, I know who his boss is, and I, I know who Danny's boss is. I know a few bosses in here, uh, who your boss is. But whoever your boss is, what the, the Bible's trying to tell us this simply this. Ultimately, when you're on the job, he says you're working for Jesus. So who's the boss? Jesus is. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever struggled with this in your life, but I got saved when I was 16 years old, and I wasn't uh, working regularly then. I helped my dad on some jobs, um, but when I actually got a job working for somebody besides my dad, uh, and then I got saved, you know, right around that same time, I had this different kind of attitude, and I'm not, I'm not proud of it, and I don't know if any of you can identify with it. I almost hope you can't identify with it, but... Part of, the, part of the way I thought about it was, you know what? Jesus is my boss. This dude ain't going to tell me what to do. This place doesn't matter. I was, working at the, I was working at the country club, all right? What's this matter? You know, my, I, I had this attitude. I'm like, I'm washing dishes for rich people. Like, uh, this is, I, I don't really care about this. I can remember, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not proud of this, but I'm telling you that my attitude was, I've got a higher calling Therefore, this job washing dishes shouldn't matter at all. I don't have to worry about this. This doesn't really matter, uh, this job washing dishes. But I remember that I worked with a Christian man, an older man. He, was act he would actually come get us for work. Uh, but now he was a Christian man, and this guy was a diligent worker. I mean, uh, he was a diligent worker. And me and a couple other of my buddies that worked there are like, dude, come on. We're working at the country club here. We're making, I don't even know what I was making back in those days, whatever minimum wage was, which wasn't much in those days. Uh, and I had the wrong kind of attitude at work. I don't know if anybody else can identify with that or not, but in my mind, I'm just like, this, and, 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 and I know it, it doesn't sound like I was trying to be spiritual, because let me tell you something, I wasn't being very spiritual with that type of attitude. But I really did love the Lord, and I really was trying to serve God, and just in my mind, none of this matters. None of this temporal stuff matters. And so, uh, and I looked at it that way. And so I would try to witness to people at work. But the fact that I was not the best worker, uh, and really it wasn't that I wasn't the best worker, it's just that I didn't have the best attitude at work, which does kind of, is kind of one of the same. But the fact of the matter is, is what God's trying to tell us very simply and very clearly in this is that whatever kind of job you have, you need to work your job for the Lord. He's the boss. He's the boss. Uh, so the, the, the master of our work. And so these other points are kind of be under that framework. So we'll keep building on that thought. On the job for Jesus, 
Number one, we are working for Jesus. Okay, so let's see a couple things with that, that in mind. Number two, the measure of our work. The master of our work is the Lord, the measure of our work. Notice what it says there again. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Now, understand this very clearly. When the Bible says in, in all of the principles of submission and subjection that we talk about in the Bible, obeying, uh, this never crosses over into doing something immoral uh, or illegal for that matter. Uh, we don't have to break. God never wants us to obey our boss in order to do the right thing by our boss. No, but it, what it does talk about is that we need to show proper respect for our employers. Have you ever had a boss that it's not easy to respect him as a boss or him or her as a boss? Danny, please don't shake your head, okay? Just be still. Um, it's hard to, uh, it's, if you don't know, his boss is also his father-in-law, okay? But, uh, but it, it's, 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 if you ever had a boss that's just hard to respect, uh, and, and I certainly have, but you know what? Even if you have a boss that's hard to respect, maybe, that, maybe uh, you know, they seem kind of not like the sharpest person. They don't seem to know what they're doing. They're whatever it is, but you still have to try to show them some measure of respect. We should render faithful, diligent, Christ-like service uh, when we are on the job. Obey in all things. When you re Joseph is a good example of this. Joseph became a slave in the house of Potiphar. And man, he worked hard and diligent and faithful to the point, and, and I'm going to say this, he worked hard to the point with such a good attitude that before long, Potiphar put this man, this young teenager, over his entire house. He said, I'm putting you in charge, man. He was falsely accused, went to prison, in prison. He had such a good attitude in prison, the, pris the, 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 the guy who was over the prison, the warden, began to give him responsibilities because he had such a great attitude. And then he, uh, of course, was elevated to, 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 to be the second in command of Pharaoh, the prime minister, basically the ruler of the world, all because of that. And I will say this. If you can learn to work hard and work with a good attitude, and I know I'm preaching to different people tonight. I'm thinking, I've got a lot of teens here tonight, so I want to encourage them in what the Bible teaches about work. But all of us, this uh, applies to work hard, work with a good attitude, and a lot of times you will see yourself elevated. I've, I've known people, I've not, I can remember not too long ago, this kid that, that came to work at Polaris, uh, uh, young kid, and, and, and he may have had a year or two of college or something, I can't remember, uh, wasn't a very good worker at all, because he wasn't interested in doing the work that we were doing. He was, he was trying to figure out what it took to get up into the, uh, to the front office. Um, and I'm like, well, I can tell you one thing right now. Uh, slacking on the job is not the way to get a promotion. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you got to work. But Jesus, and I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit when we talk about the motive. If you, if you as a worker, if you learn to have the type of attitude that God tells you to have on the job, uh, you, you may very well find yourself being promoted. But he doesn't say that that's the main reason, but he says that is a, one of the byproducts or can be one of the byproducts. Uh, for the hours of the day that we're on the job, our time and our talents belong to our employer. Um, now here's the thing that we have in favor that our that maybe some of our brothers and sisters that Paul was writing to didn't have the option of. If, if we have a boss or a job that's just, maybe the boss is totally unreasonable, that the job isn't something we like, guess what we have the option to do? 
Get another job, right? And can I say something to the young people? And I don't know how many of you uh, older folks would agree with me. I might ought to say it to some older folks too. But don't quit your current job until you've got another job. Anybody agree with that? Don't quit your current job until you've got another job. And, and if you're quitting your job, make sure you're quitting for the right reasons too. If your problem is, I, I met a guy in Pierre, and I just always think about this. It, was the, it just struck me so funny, and I know I've told it before. But his problem was, and he was, a, he was, a, he was probably 17, 18 years old, uh, but he'd got a job, and he did not like this job. It was one of the first jobs he had, Eric, and he said, he said I don't know, man. He said, I just don't like it there. I was like, well, what's, what, what's the problem? What's, what's the, the deal? And he's like, I don't know, man. He said, the, uh, the boss is just always trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, so you don't, if you've got a boss that's always trying to tell you what to do and that's why you want to quit, well, you, you might want to uh, not quit because of that reason, okay? That's kind of what the boss has to do. But, uh, but, but, it, but if we don't like our job, we have options, uh, unlike our brothers and sisters that were slaves back in the Roman Empire. Christian workers shouldn't laze around do shoddy work, and expect God to bless them. An employer deserves diligent, loyal service from those who work for them, and Christians ought to be some of the best workers on the job. And so the master of our work, when you go to work, you've got to keep the attitude of whatever it is that you're doing, yeah, so-and-so is my boss, so-and-so is my foreman, so-and-so is my CEO, whatever it is, but ultimately I'm here working for Jesus. And that, there's, a, there's something exciting about that that I'll get to in just a moment. The, the master of the work, the measure of the work. Notice thirdly, the manner of the work. Look at verse 22 again. The Bible says, Servants obey your masters, or, or obey, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. For whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. The manner of our work. The Christian worker must avoid eye service. Anybody know what eye service is? Anybody ever been guilty of eye service? All right. Eye service. What do you think? Anybody over here want to guess what eye service is? Any teenager want to guess what eye service is on the job? Levi? That's a great... Now, okay... I'm, I want to give you credit for that because that's what we ought to do, okay? Uh, Levi said what we ought to do is if you see something there that's not right, fix it. Let's talk about that a second. We'll get back to eye service. I like that, though, because what's he saying? He's saying you see something wrong, you serve. You take care of it. I, I like that meaning. Uh, my sister-in-law thought it meant something entirely different, uh, eye service. But that's a good thing. If you look at that and say, okay, uh, there's something that needs to be done. I, I, I've teased about this before. You ever been on the job and you see something that needs to be done and you, you ever think to yourself, somebody ought to fix that? All right. Uh, Levi's taking me on a different point of this, but these are points I want, did want to make, so I'm just going to make them before I get back to eye service. Somebody ought to fix that. Why don't you fix Well, that's not my job. Yeah, but all it is is just moving something around i heard a story that that henry ford when henry ford and, and listen henry ford as a as a human being uh not a big fan of okay he was big uh, anti-semite and a bunch of other stuff 
But just as far as a, a, a professional person that accomplished some amazing things, uh, there's, some, there's, there's some, a lot of interesting things and things to learn from him. But when he bought, the, when he bought Lincoln, said, I heard a story that one of the first things he did was uh, drag, there was like some stump thing or something that people would sit on that was right by the elevator and that he drug it out in front of the elevator. And so that uh, every day, if you were getting off the elevator to come to work for Lincoln, you'd have to step over this to get out there and do your job. And he left it there for like a week. And when he came back after that, he fired everybody. Because all these people were stepping over that, and nobody thought it was their job to move it out of the way. Nobody was willing to take initiative. Now, you can fact check that story. I, uh, I didn't double check it before I came in, but the point is still a valid point. That, yeah, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. You don't have to wait around. Uh, somebody ought to do it. And, I, and I've teased around this way, right, that I'm going to be somebody today. I think that myself. Somebody ought to do Somebody ought to clean that. Somebody ought to pick that up. And you know what? I just, you know what? I believe I'll be somebody today. <laughs> and, I, and I'll do that. But, but, but what eye service actually is, uh, man, I... Our service is like this. I, I got to admit, it's, on, on this message, just like with some other ones, uh, when you're preaching this stuff, uh, I'm not up here saying that I've been the perfect worker. I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this right now to where I could, that I would, be, I would be okay if every one of my supervisors and leads and whatever were to stand up here today and to tell you what kind of worker I was. I really would be okay with that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I was flawless in my work by any means. You, you can get, get, get the people I worked with up here, and they would tell you that. But our service goes something like this. You've got, you've got work to do, all right? There's a job to be done. It's right there needing to be done. But, oh, there's uh, Layla. Hey, Layla. So I'm going to stop and talk to Layla instead of doing my job. But then all of a sudden, what happens? Well, here comes the supervisor. Yep. Got it. You know, and... Uh, in other words, you, you're not doing anything. Is that right, Chad? I'm going to tell you if it ain't. Oh, boy, you're going two different ways. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, so eye service isn't messing up the cross, so it messes up everybody. But eye service is I'm not doing my actual job. I'm just going to look like I'm doing my job to try to make you happy, to try to trick you, to try to fool you. Okay, so just keep that in mind because I want to close with the thought on eye service. I pray you. Mm. That's good. That's a great, great point. Yeah, you could have done this all along, but you're just sitting there waiting and waiting. I'm going to do. Okay, finally, there's there's one somebody that's uh, over me. I'll do this now. Uh, yeah, but that's right. Eye service is doing something. It also says as men pleasers, as men pleasers. Uh, which is just saying I'm doing what I'm doing just to please the boss. No, we ought to look at this, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. In other words, we ought to be serving God, the manner of our work. Eye service is working only when the boss is watching or working extra hard when he's watching to give the impression he's doing uh, a very good job. Our bosses should be able to leave us with the work and trust that it will get done right. And that's, that's, that's the way we ought to be. That's the testimony we should have. Our bosses ought to be able to say, okay, here's what I need you to do. And they need to be confident that they can walk away, not stand over you and watch you, and know that when they come back, that the job is done. And, um, and, you know, and maybe you get the job done and come and say, what else you got for me? What else you got for me? 
Uh, have a good attitude. And we'll see that, again, we're talking about the manner of work. Part of it is eye serve, not having eye service. Uh, we should devote our full attention to the job. The Bible says in singleness of heart. Now, God's people, we should not be the belly acres on the job. We should not be that person that's always grumbling and complaining. That should not be us uh, on the job. That should not what we're, be what we're no more. We shouldn't be the gripers. We shouldn't be the foot draggers. Uh, man, I'll tell you, and, and there's some practical advice in this, but uh, when, when I, I worked at Polaris, and there was an area that I hated working in. I mean, hated working in. Um, and I had actually... And the way it would work there is you work in a certain area long enough and you get certified in that area, then you get to move to a whole different section and learn a whole different other job. And, and I had just got to where I was getting certified in this area to where I could move on. I was so excited to get out of this, this stinking area that I was in. It just was boredom. It was, it, was, it was busy, busy work, and you walked like seven or eight miles a day while you were doing it, but it was so repetitious. That's not me. It, I, just going back and forth, going to get a part, put it in a box, go get a part, get it put in a box. That drives me crazy. I, I need some variety. I need something to break up, uh, you know, my, my ADD or something that just is rough. So right when, I, right when I got certified, we put in a whole new conveyor system. So they decided basically they, were, weren't, they weren't going to move anybody for almost a whole other year. And so now I'd worked hard to get certified, but now I'm stuck in this same area again. Oh, man, I was just... And there's, and there's certain parts of this that's worse than the others. And I was in work. And so finally, I just went to my boss one day and I said, do you think that I could go over here and work instead of over here? I said, that's just driving me crazy. I'm not, I guess in a way I'm complaining, but I'm not griping. I'm, I'm asking, would you consider? Uh, I just want to express to you that I would love it if I could get an opportunity to go to somewhere else. And of course, I remember uh, his response was, man, but you do such a good job over here. And what I thought was, because this is a true story too, I'm going to get to bosses in just a minute, okay, before I close out. It is a true story, that, and, and I get it, but there was another area in the same department that I could work that would have been more desirable, but uh, that uh, the people that weren't good where I was at would get to go over there. And so I'm thinking, well, just if I start being terrible, will you send me over there? But I refuse to just be terrible. And, but I, and then I just, re, I just requested, would you please just give me a day? Give me a day out of this area. Uh, now, what is it? I'm not griping. I'm not complaining. I'm just really respectfully asking, would you please consider uh, giving me an opportunity somewhere else? If he'd have said no, I'd have said, okay, well, I'll just keep working here then. Uh, but the point is, is that don't be a griper or complainer. Don't be a foot dragger. Uh, one of the best things uh, my... Uh, you ever know people like this? I had one of my leads, one of my supervisors, his thing would always be, hey, Jesse, do you want to go do this awful thing? Do you want to? That's how he would ask you. I'm like, no. But I wouldn't say no, because I know what he was saying, so I was just saying, I would just say, yes, sir. You know, and, 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 and don't be a foot dragger. You know what a foot dragger is? That's pretty obvious, isn't it? Okay, you know, I'll do it, acting all reluctant, acting all, uh, that ought not be us. We ought to be single-hearted about it. Put in a, and I'm telling you, the best way to be a witness on the job is to put in a good, good day's work. 
Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name. So why are you working? You say, I'm trying to make some money. But did you know that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold? You know what that simply means? That simply carries the idea of this. I want to have a, on your job, it's not just on the job, but it applies to this well. We ought to have a good name on our job. You know, so, so, so sometimes, you know, the, the, at Polaris, I just keep using that as an example, uh, as the most recent secular job that I worked. But there would be other departments, and they said, hey, could you send somebody over to us today? Y'all are a little slow. We're really slammed. Could you send some people over to help us? And I want it to be when they say, well, I can send Jesse over. I want that other supervisor to say, yes, send Jesse over. I want my name to be associated with somebody that's going to work hard and somebody that's going to get the job done and that's going to do it the right way. A good name. Whether it's at school kids, and I'm not just talking to the kids, adults, all of us, we need to make sure that we have a good name, a good testimony. And on the job, it's one of the greatest ways. I, I've shared this with you before, but I can remember years ago, uh, a friend of mine, he did have a level of respect at work. He was he was a very faithful witness. He, would, he was very bold in talking to people about Christ. He was very bold in giving people gospel tracts. He did that at work, and uh, you know they tried to get us in trouble for it once. And, uh, but, but, but regardless of that, he was really known for that. And so he did have a pretty decent testimony, but it really hurt his testimony that he was lazy. And in some way, it might sound like I'm being a good Christian because I'm witnessing at work. But if I'm witnessing at work, when there's work that's supposed to be getting done, then am I really being a good witness? And I, and, and I heard it get a little quiet there. We ought to witness at work. But what I'm saying is, we don't disobey what God says here in order to witness. We still try to be good workers. Um, and we don't use evangelism as an excuse for laziness. And I'm not saying there's not times that maybe the Lord just opens up a door and you just feel like, man, I've got to take advantage of this opportunity. But we ought not just go in every day saying, well, I'm here to witness to people, so I'm not going to get my job done. That's not a very good testimony. So, uh, so we see the, uh, the master of our work, the measure of our work, the manner of our work, uh, and then the motive for our work. Notice verse uh, 24 and 25. The Bible says, Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. God's way, working for God, working, being in the workplace for Jesus, on the job for Jesus, has many benefits. Having a good attitude. I, I want to say this before I move on while, while I just thought about it. I remember hearing the story of, uh, anybody have heard of uh, Terry Crews? This is a total secular illustration, okay? Uh, he's an actor. Before he was an actor, he, was a, uh, he actually played in the NFL for a while. But he wanted to get into acting. But he couldn't get right into acting because he wasn't an actor. He was an NFL player. So he got a job in Hollywood on the set of studios. And his job was to basically be a gopher. Just do what you're told to do. 
hey, I need you to go get this person, tell them, tell them they're going to be on, on in five minutes, and take them a cup of coffee and a donut while you're at it. Uh, that was his job, all right? But he did his job with such a good attitude. He did his job with such excitement that it began to catch people's attention. And then finally somebody was looking for a part in the movie, and they thought, what about that one guy that's really excited about telling people they got five minutes to be on set and whatever else it was. What about that guy that has a totally, totally, uh, you know, menial task and job that has a great attitude doing it? I want to use that guy. And that's how the guy got into acting and being known for an actor now. Um, but, but it started with him just having a good attitude and, and being, being eager. Uh, man, I mean, you think about it. If you're working, just think about it from a practical standpoint. My boss, for instance, if he's telling me I've got to go to D-Mod or J-Mod, don't mean anything to probably anybody in here, but those were a couple, couple of the places that I hated to go. You know what? I'm going there. I'm there. I'm not quitting. So I'm going to, that, to do that job regardless. So what good is it to go do it with a poor attitude? What good is it to drag up the... I've got to do it, so why don't I just do it with a great attitude? Why don't I just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to make the best of it. Um, I'm going to go get it. And uh, that's what we ought to do. Why? Because it's a, it's a, it's a motive to please the Lord. Now, this, there's people that, that disagree with this statement but I believe that it's justified within this passage right here. Christianity knows nothing of the separation, listen to what I'm trying to say, of the sacred and the secular. Of the sacred and the secular. Whatever it is your job to do is the point that I'm trying to make. If you do that as unto the Lord, that's your ministry. That's your calling for this moment, for this time. Whatever it is that you're doing, do it as unto the Lord. So in other words, you need to treat your career like your calling. And even if you have a job to where you're like, uh, this is not my career. This is just a stopgap. I'm just working here temporarily to raise money. Don't matter. Treat it like your calling. Think about the people you work for that need Christ, the people you work with that need Christ the people you serve perhaps that need Christ, whatever it is. But in spite of that, honestly, you doing, going in and doing a good day's work with a good attitude is something that brings glory to God. I mean, do you want to bring glory to God? I mean, this is, this is giving us a very practical way to do it. Somebody says, well, man, I, I want to serve the Lord more. Well, here you go. Uh, do it as unto the Lord, heartily as unto the Lord. This is why I do not believe people should hang their heads because they're not preachers and teachers. And that's why I think that people don't need to think that the only time they're doing something for God is if they're doing something related to the church or evangelism or something. Christians starting a Bible study at WIT. That's a blessing. I'm so proud of you, buddy. I really am. And, uh, and, and I'm praying for Christian in that endeavor. And, and man, I think it's great that he's got a few people committed. Uh, but you know what? He's going to be doing something for God in that. It's, that's easy to recognize. But what about, what about next time he has class at, at WIT? 
What's he going to be doing then? Well, he's not doing nothing for God. He's just going to class. He's doing his work. He's, no, but if he goes with a good attitude, and if he does it for the Lord, guess what? That's what he's doing for God. And um, I just, I think it's a shame that people live their whole lives and never get this principle of doing what we do for the glory of God. And that we can lay down at night and just say, you know, I worked at the country club. Unfortunately, I never learned to do this. But I, I, I could have and should have pillowed my head at night saying, Lord, I'm so glad I got to wash those dishes for you today. And I can pillow my head tonight knowing that I did a good job. I can pillow my head tonight knowing that I did not leave the pots and pans in the sink with bubbled water and act like I forgot about it for the day staff. <laughs> That's a confession. Um, but, but, but I could have said, Lord, I'm doing this for you. Because if I'm doing that, I don't want to leave those pots and pans for the next guy. I want to say, you know what? There's somebody else coming in here, and for the glory of God, I'm doing this for the Lord. And so I want to make it easier on the guy that goes on the shift after me. Or whatever the case may be, because I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm working for Jesus. I'm washing dishes for Jesus. I'm flipping burgers for Jesus. I'm saying, welcome to Walmart for Jesus, honestly. No matter what it is, I can hold my head high. I can pillow my head at night and say, Lord, I did my best for you today. I did my best for you today. Uh, you know, don't, don't be ashamed of the job you have. You know, young people, don't be ashamed of the job you have. Uh, you know, I mean, you, do what you do and do it for the glory of God. Now, our vocations are God's will. All right? So whether it be the preacher or the plumber, the evangelist and the economist, the pastor and the policeman, miners and missionaries, all should be done from the heart. We can serve with discipline. Okay, here's different ways we can serve. Here's different ways we can work. We can work with discipline. That's a good thing. In other words, I have to do it. Duty says I ought to do it. But there's another plane that we can work on when we serve the Lord with a sense of devotion. I want to do this. I want to do this. My motivation must come from the heart. It's a heart motivation to do it for Christ, the motive for our work. A Christian can perform any, uh, any good work as a ministry to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the glory of God. For this reason, the worker must do his job from the heart. He's serving Christ, doing the will of God with singleness of heart. Um, and, and these indicate the importance of the right attitude on the job. Okay, I'm going to have to uh, close on this. And thankfully, I really am finishing chapter 3, even though I thought I would get into chapter 4. Okay, here's what I thought about. Here's the question. You ever ask this question on the job? Who signs the check? That's one of mine when I've got, you know, this co-worker over here that's on my same level, maybe they hadn't even been there as long as me, that's trying to tell me what to do. And it's like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, man, that dude ain't signing my check. They're not over me in any kind of way. I don't have to do what this person tells me to do. Uh, see, that's my problem. I, and you know, what I, you know what I want to teach and preach about sometimes? You know that God put something within us to where uh, we don't, there, there's a part of us, I know there's a sinful rebellion in mankind. Amen. There's a sinful rebellion in mankind. But I'm telling you, there's also, I don't know if the word rebellion is right or not, but there's also a righteous rebellion. There's a righteousness within man that says, I don't want to do what man tells me to do. I want to do what God tells me to do. That's what this country was founded on. Um, 
Uh, praise God, and that's, that's still part of the spirit of this country. I want to preach about where that's right and where that's wrong in the days to come. But, but, but anyway, who, who signs the checks? We are to serve Christ and not men. And so he said, we're going to be rewarded. So who's signing my check? Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm getting a check from this employer. Uh, and he, that's who's signing the check. But there's a bigger check. There's a bigger, the Bible says, whatever it is, the job you're doing, working at a daycare, whatever it is, it's not just the, the check that you get from that daycare. God's saying, no, I'm keeping tally also. I'm going to reward you. So i got to remember, who's signing the check? Who's the boss? Jesus. Who's signing the check? Jesus. And then lastly, who do you fear? I'm, I'm coming back to eye service. And I'll make a point about Christ, and then I'll close. Eye service. I started thinking about this. Why is it that when you're on the job, that you give eye service, okay? In other words, you're sitting there, uh, you're, you're talking, you're doing something you ought not do, you see a boss walk by, and all of a sudden you get busy. Now, what's really bad is when you've seriously been working hard. You know, you skipped a break, you did it all, and you finally just lean over for a second and say, "Woo!" And, uh, and you're taking a drink and you're holding up a machine or something, and that's when the boss walks by, and you're like, really? You know, honestly, I'm just getting a breath here. Um, but, but why is it that we do eye service? Because we usually are thinking, okay, I'm going to have a review. I, maybe the boss is going to come talk to me, number one. I'm going to have a review later on. Um, and, and there's another principle I just want to throw in here real quick, a very practical principle about work. Always remember that for most of us, most of us, we have bosses that have bosses. You always got to remember that. Because sometimes your boss may be being hard on you because the way their boss is on them. And uh, there's a principle uh, behind that. But you just got to always understand that for many of us, some of us are, our bosses are basically middle management that have bosses over them. And why are they being like that? Or, well, sometimes they've got a boss that's on, the, on their hide trying to get them to do something. But, but, but usually it's that we're going to have a review. It may affect our raise, whatever. Here's the thing, though. The Bible says we're going to give an account for the way we work. So the reason we shouldn't, just, we shouldn't give eye service is that the Lord's always watching. Amen? And we are going to give, we are going to have a review of him. And I'm talking about the job you have. I'm talking about, well, if, even if it's a menial job or it's an important job, doesn't matter. We're going to be going to give an account to God. So let's make sure that we remember that he's watching us all the time. And I want to close with this. Jesus had a job to do. Jesus had a job to do, and he humbly came, and he did it. And he did it without murmuring or complaining, and he carried it out until he got down to the end and said, it is finished. What was that job? That job was your redemption, your salvation. Just like other jobs, there's a need. It don't seem like much of a need, depending on what the job is, perhaps. But still, there's a demand of some sort. The demand that was placed on Jesus Christ was something he cared about, and that was your lost soul. The fact that you and I were lost in our sins. We were all born sinners. We've all transgressed against God Almighty. And that put us at odds with God. That put us in condemnation. So there's a demand. There's a, a work that must be done in order for us, in order for that to be made right. What is it? That Jesus come, go to the cross. 
accomplish the work of redemption. Take all of our sins upon Him. He died on the cross and He rose again the third day so that you and I could be saved. Amen? And again, He said, it is finished. And it really is actually, that was one of the ways that the word, the Greek word tetelestai was used. It is finished. It would be at the end of a day when a, when, when a slave or a servant had completed the entire task, he would come before the master and say, tetelestai, it is finished. And folks, when Jesus went to the cross, he cried, it is finished. And he accomplished the work. Amen. So if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, or if you do know the Lord as your Savior, rejoice that Jesus finished the job. Amen. And if you don't know the Lord, know this, Jesus went to work for you. Jesus went to work to save your soul. And what you must simply do, he's done the work. You just must simply by faith turn to him. Amen. By grace through faith. Ain't that right, Anna? Amen. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Why don't we? I appreciate your indulgence tonight. I, uh, and I shouldn't say that. It's the word of God. Um, I know those aren't the most exciting, but sometimes they're the most needed. Lord, uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness. In